June 18th, 2019, the SmackDown before stomping grounds. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Justin Labar. Matt Morgan should be along shortly. And yeah, man, SmackDown. Recapping Raw. Lots of wild card in effect. Justin, did this feel like before the brand split to you? Yeah, it, it totally does. I don't even acknowledge a brand split. I don't even keep like it's funny. I know a lot of people like to keep track of how many wild cards have showed up on each show and how they're it's more than what was initially allotted. And I can't do that because I honestly don't even try to keep track of who's technically on Monday, who's technically on Tuesday. I've just accepted they're all on both shows. We're just gonna say it's wild card and people are showing up spontaneously. I I, I literally the, the boundary lines have completely been uh, erased to me. Just you heard it here, folks. Uh, Justin Labar doesn't see brand affiliation. I don't he's see living, brand. I don't see. I don't see the color red. I don't see the color blue. Ah, <laughs> wait, Matt really just okay. I'm not gonna not gonna uh, respond to the text I just got from Matt Morgan. I think he's got something going on tonight. Uh, and if he's not kidding, wow. Uh, check his Twitter for info on that. Sorry, folks. Um. He's not joining us. Yeah. <laughs> no, like really? Huh? Uh, okay. No worries. I'm texting. You're seeing behind the scenes here, folks. Uh, okay. Yes. No brand, no red, no blue. We're all one brand. And that brand's WWE. It's one color. Vince McMahon cares about one color and that's green for money. Ah, <sighs> tonight's show. We opened up from Ontario, California. We had the New Day come out, and I liked where this promo was going, but of course it was interrupted by Dolph Ziggler, who gave us a regurgitation of what we've seen again and again and again. Justin, do you take him seriously at all? Does he have a chance in hell of winning on Sunday at Stomping Grounds? No. Brock Lesnar has more of a chance of walking out of Stomping Grounds with that title. Um no, I mean, that's the thing. It's kind of like, you know, you can't, I don't know if I would say a guy's been wasted. I mean, he's been, he's one of the longest tenured guys on WWE's talent roster. He's, I'm sure, made, you know, millions of dollars at this point. So good for him, but he just doesn't mean, he just does not move the needle to me anymore. There's just no, there's no, there's no sense of, oh, I have to hear what he's going to say. I mean, he's, he's a very good in ring worker. Obviously, he sells better than, uh, than most. But there's just no must see. It is the same stuff over and over. Occasionally, he tries to. Occasionally, he, whether it's his idea or it's fed to him, tries to be edgy and maybe use shoot terms or behind the scenes terms or talk about the biz. Like I'm just so over it. And again, that's not to say like I want Dolph Ziggler to like never be seen again. Like again, he's fun to watch in the ring and he's a talent and he and he looks good and he's you know he's he's done other things outside of the ring so that kind of enhances his brand, but. Uh, he's just kind of used in the same way. Either there's, I have no, I have no, not one thought that he's going to walk out the champion. As I said, there's a better chance of Brock Lesnar showing up and walking away with that particular title um, that, that Kobe Kingston carries. Yeah, I mean, there's just nothing credible about this at all. And in fact, it feels kind of weird. I mean, maybe this is punishment to KO for not going to Jeddah, uh, not going to Saudi Arabia, right? Because KO and Kofi were in a pretty decent feud before. I think having Sami Zayn really added something to it. And uh, now they've been given this back seat to Dolph and Kofi. Well, I, I thought that a few weeks ago. I thought maybe is like, is this going to hurt Kevin Owens? I mean, they're still, they're still keeping him around Kofi in the title. 
And I think I think Hope even or I think Kevin even said on Raw, like I'm gonna take the title the next time I get a chance. I mean, I, I could easily see Philadelphia Extreme Rules next month. Kevin Owens getting a shot if Kofi's still champion, uh, and it's not Brock Lesnar. <laughs> um, I could see them building to like a Kevin Owens Kofi Kingston extreme some some extreme match. So uh, I don't necessarily think that he's been punished, so to speak. Uh, I, I think right now <laughs> this is where the talent has the leverage with all the. We're gonna give you five year deals and give you lots of money to make sure that you're not and uh, play for AEW or anybody else. It kind of feels like the talent can get away with more than ever. So um, I, I don't think WWE's really right now in the position of, of punishing because um, they just don't have that leverage at the moment. Tell that to Luke Harper. Um, anyhow, <laughs> wow. yeah, we got that uh, Dolph Ziggler promo, which led to a one on one match with Dolph and Xavier Woods. Now, this match will be in a steel cage. At stomping grounds. Do you think it's kind of weird that they were burning all that steel cage language, the unforgivingness of it, the confinement, et cetera, et cetera, um, doing the steel cage match as opposed to, you know, Hell in a Cell, which is its own pay-per-view that leans so heavily on that gimmick? Well, there's no guarantee. I don't know. I haven't looked at the calendar. There's no guarantee, I guess, that they do Hell in a Cell again. I know oh, that true. they um, I know that you know, they keep they keep changing things up. I mean, this is stomping grounds. I mean, they last year we saw great balls of fire. I mean, they, they, they've been a little bit in rotation with uh, themes. I know there was talk a couple years ago of actually stopping the Hell in a Cell pay-per-view for various reasons. So one, there's no guarantee. Two, nothing with the catchphrase has surprised me. It seems like Vince has stumbled upon, I mean, this is the tagline for Stomping Grounds, um, kicking ass and taking names. <laughs> it's like, where did this come from? So uh, nothing surprised me with what, they, uh, with what taglines they decide to latch on to to sell. You know, and that is interesting because right now, as it's set, Clash of the Champions September 15th is the uh, next set pay-per-view after SummerSlam. So we've got Stomping Grounds, Extreme Rules, SummerSlam, Clash of the Champions, and uh, then a TBD pay-per-view to take place and, in between Clash of the Champions and Survivor Series. And, and, I, and I've been to a Hell in a Cell pay-per-view before. October is traditionally the month that they had done it. So yeah. uh, I think they moved T because T last year... I don't know if it was last year. Two, two, in 2017, October was TLC because I was there in Minnesota. It was Asuka's match against Emma. It was also, I think, Shield with uh, Kurt Angle. <laughs> um, I don't remember what was last October, but I think they moved TLC to de December this year. So, yeah, what they do in October is totally TBD. I mean, last year in October, I think, actually, no, last year in October, it was, it was the women's pay per view because you went to it. Yeah, so, evolution. So, but I think they also had a men's pay-per-view. I think they also had a normal pay-per-view earlier. So, yeah, October's TBD, so they might not even get a Hell in a Cell in there. Yeah, we did have it last year in September. Then Super Showdown in Australia happened in October. Evolution at the end of October. Crown Jewel the next week in Saudi Arabia. And then Survivor Series. It was a little overkill last year, but, you know, I, they're scheduled to do another Saudi show in the fall. So, who knows? Yeah, I think they're going back. And, yeah, I think they're doing another one in, in November again. You know, Hell in a Cell, I like the gimmick pay-per-views. I think every pay-per-view should have a gimmick. Um, it makes them unique. With the exception of Mania and SummerSlam, everything should have a strong-themed hooky match to it, right? I, well, I would say yes to that, but the problem is, is that it's gimmicks that they then try to use throughout the rest of the year, and it, it devalues them. So, like, well, I mean, they, they don't do Hell in a Cell as often anymore, but there was a point where I thought they thought they were starting to do Hell in a Cell too often. You know, extreme matches, extreme rules. I mean, we, we see other events around the year that are far more hardcore than extreme rules. Money, <clears throat> Money in the Bank's a great gimmick show. Uh, I, I, I've said that it's moved into being number four. It's surpassed. It's leapfrog Survivor Series. Survivor Series is the most, especially now with all this blurred bragging rights and blurred brands. <laughs> Survivor, 
Survivor Series is the most outdated concept. It was big in 1989 when you got main talent versus enhancement talent for week after week after week, and you only had three or four pay-per-views a year. Survivor mm-hmm. Series was a big deal when you brought big names together. Now it's 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 such an outdated concept. So I say Money in the Bank, great gimmick. It's become the number four biggest show. <clears throat> Rumble, obviously, right there. I don't mind gimmicks, so it has an identity. But again, it's it's, it's only if can they keep from reusing that gimmick around the year and oftentimes because they have so much programming because creative seems to be in a uh, <clears throat> rinse wash repeat mode that, that it can't happen uh i say bring back king of the ring yeah and but you know i hear i i've heard this and it could be just one of those just you know could it be a false thing but I, i've heard from a lot of people that vince just is not he vince and all the years recently just sours on tournaments you know that's why we see the tournaments on under the Triple H watch, you know, with with NXT and the May Young and stuff like that. But I hear that Vince kind of sours on tournaments. I think if they did a two night event, Queen of the Ring, King of the Ring, <clears throat> that would be a pretty hot weekend of shows. I'll say this: I think the best bet we have in the Raw and SmackDown, you know, not counting what Triple H controls with NXT and the and the you know Cruiserweight Classics and May Young Classics, the best bet we have on the on the quote unquote main roster to see that happen would be if that that would be like a Fox decision. Because a tournament, yeah. a tournament is a very you know every mainstream sports playoff is a is a tournament bracket. So if if, if part of Fox's legitimate sport push, I can see that happening. Then, you know, I know there's talk that Evolution's not happening this year because they don't have Ronda, they don't have uh, the Bellas to headline it. I think a Queen of the Ring tournament, do that in place of Evolution, would be a good way to do a soft reboot of the entire women's division, rebuild up some competition, rebuild some stars, because right now it feels like they've got Becky, Bailey, and Charlotte, and then a whole lot of mid-card underneath that. Yeah. Lower mid-card. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it's to the point where they just, the women should have their own show, whether it's on TV or whether it's network only. I don't, I just fine. Network probably is maybe better, maybe a little more freedom. They need to have a women's only show. They, 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 they have enough talent and they have enough talent that they could do that. They could put some, you know, they, they don't. It, they have enough talent to where it doesn't just have to be talent fighting for the two world titles and then the tag title. Like they could actually, you could just have some feuds. They don't need to be centered around belts. Like it should be centered around other things. They have enough talent. They just choose not to use the time between the five hours of Monday and Tuesday because Shane McMahon's occupying ninety minutes. Yeah. Well. We'll talk about that, what happened tonight. Oh, man, that was uh, something else. First, I want to take a moment, thank the sponsor of this episode, which is Nutsack. I'm uh, going to bust out my Nutsack here again on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. I love this bag. Best bag I've ever owned. It's tough. It holds a lot of stuff. It's neatly organized, yet it keeps everything I need. Oh, my God, StarCast, it was fantastic having that going around Las Vegas, bringing it to Double or Nothing, had everything I needed right there from business cards to phone batteries to chargers uh, to some Blue Chew uh, paraphernalia and uh, materials so you, that do I you keep. You keep your blue shoe in your nutsack. Oh, it was great. I had my iPad in there, uh, my wallet, everything that I needed, and it was fantastic. And our fans are the best because someone yelled out at me, hey, man, nice nutsack. I uh, appreciate the shout out. Uh, how did they get their name? Nutsack were told they were nuts to manufacture in America. That's right. These are American-made. 
USA, high quality and craftsmanship, American wax, canvas, American leather, and American labor. And they are perfect bags for your everyday carry. As I said, this got me on the plane around Vegas, had it with me the entire time. It was great that it was convenient to carry, not too big where I didn't feel like I was lugging something around, but big enough that it had all my essentials for a successful business trip. And I've been using it in the day-to-day. -day. I've been using it when I go out about and run errands and I just wanna have my stuff ready at the go, neatly organized right there if I need an extra battery, if I need to plug my phone in, if I need uh, to consult my notebook and write something down, it's all right there. And uh, nutsacks are strongly water resistant and they're tough. How tough? They come with a lifetime guarantee. In fact, Nutsack asks you to give them two weeks and they'll change your life. They guarantee that you'll love your Nutsack versus stuffing your pockets or you can get your money back. That's right. Nutsack has a 30-day money back guarantee. They have comfortable bags of all the right sizes, but not too bulky. They are rugged. They are durable. You can beat the hell out of it and it'll keep going. It won't let you down. No more stuff pockets. No more sitting on your wallet, having your keys poke your thighs. You can always be prepared. I've been keeping my sunglasses in there in addition to whatever tech uh, devices I'm going to need when I'm out and about during the day. I've got uh, some emergency supplies in there. I got a little first aid kit that I carry with me because you never know when a crisis will arise. Nutsack is absolutely perfect. No matter what you do, you just grab your Nutsack and you go. We've got a special deal for our audience. Nutsack is offering our listeners $5 off their first purchase. To receive your $5 discount, visit nutsack.com. Now that's N-U-T-S-A-C.com. No K in there. N-U-T-S-A-C.com. And use the promo code wrestling at checkout. Again, nutsack.com. Use the promo code wrestling to save $5 off your first purchase. Nutsack, high quality, life-changing, absolutely fantastic. The best bag you'll ever own. Better than a backpack, better than a messenger bag. It'll change your life. Nutsack.com, promo code WRESTLING to save $5 off your first purchase. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. It might be tough and durable, but please don't beat your nutsack. It's true. Despite what Glenn tells you you can do. And don't, and don't whip your nutsack out on the plane. It's not needed. JetBlue and most others will kick you off. Fits comfortably right under your seat really all that matters. Um, so Justin, you talk to people backstage. I haven't seen any update on Dana Brooke and her injury she sustained during the main event taping last night. Have you heard anything about if she's doing okay? I, I haven't. I, I didn't inquire and I haven't, nothing came my way, but a, a shout out to her. You know, she's somebody who, um, uh, you know, it, it, working her ass off. You know, she's, 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 she's putting the extra time to train as we, as we're hearing. And, and, um, it's pretty well liked, like she's just, she's trying to do all the right things to, you know, rise the ranks and just get an opportunity. And, um, and she's getting better. I, I think actually when you, the few times you can see her in the ring, whether it be at a live event or whether it be at, um, uh, TV taping, she's getting better in the ring. If you, if you can compare it and remember what she was maybe a couple years ago. And then, you know, seeing like that, seeing, you know, we don't see blood often in WWE. We don't see uh, the women get blood like that too often. Rare, very so, rare. So, uh, you know, and obviously it was an accident. It wasn't, it wasn't all purpose, but a hats off to her just kind of showing, you know, like, you know, she's not just some pretty gymnastic. She, you know, or gymnast, you know, she's there, she's tough. She's, she's, she's paying her dues. So uh, just to get, want to give a shout out to her. Yeah, absolutely, man. And they've been giving her some dark segments lately. Uh, what with the show is your flex. She's been doing some audience crowd work there. Um, seemed like they were going to give her a little bit of a story going into money in the bank, but now she's been relegated to main event again. I think her entrance has always been great. I think her physique is fantastic. And yeah, she's gotten better in the ring. I think she's someone that would benefit from a queen of the ring tournament or something that spotlighted the current talent, got into their stories a little bit, um, which is funny, right? I mean, look at what the Mae Young Classic did for each contestant 
entrant, that is way more character development than we get from the app for the average women's uh, roster member week in and week out. Yeah, no, you're, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, Dana Brooke would, would benefit, again, for a women's only show. She and several others. No, absolutely. So uh, back to SmackDown tonight. Dolph Ziggler uh, won that match over Xavier Woods. Not a squash, though. Pretty competitive. Were you surprised how competitive that match was? I was. I mean, it was an entertaining match. So it's like, on the one hand, I'm not going to complain. It was entertaining. But I, I do think that, like, I feel like even if it was by means of, like, pretty brash cheating Dolph probably should have won more handedly and quicker just if it was me but yeah no I agree with that um and I thought even uh Xavier getting like some some showcase spots in that match it was like yeah it's good but this is really about trying to give Dolph Ziggler some credibility ahead of his match with Kofi Kingston for the WWE heavyweight championship in the steel cage on Sunday at stomping grounds and uh you know, I've believed before that Dolph Ziggler could accomplish things. I'm not, I'm not believing this one, but you know, you never know. Anything can happen. It is WWE. Um, we got footage, ample footage of last night's Raw. What's going on between Baron Corbin and Seth Rollins? Seth beating uh, Brock Lesnar from the Super Showdown. We saw that. We saw him attacking all the potential referees for stomping grounds. So we cut backstage to Shelton Benjamin and the B team in the hallway outside of Corbin's office. Now, Corbin didn't actually make an appearance, uh, but Matt Hardy did coming out of there, talking about the referee gig. And then we went to the moment of bliss tonight, Alexa Bliss and Bailey. And man, if you remember that uh, Bailey, this is your life segment, just the electricity that happens every time these two women get together to wonder if we'll ever get something as terrible as that again. But lo and behold, no. I really like this segment tonight. Amazing that at the very last minute, the WWE actually put some meat on the bone of this feud for the SmackDown women's title. It's going to happen Sunday between Bailey and Alexa bliss. Well, I want to start back at the beginning real quick there and uh, give a shout out to Matt Hardy and Matt. I know Matt's always uh, when Matt, when Matt went back to when Matt and Jeff went back to WWE, uh, senior Benjamin, who is, is, is Matt's father-in-law who, you know, who you know played a role in the, in the, and the the broken universe um, prior to Matt coming back to WWE. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Senior Benjamin. Yeah, I think I think he he was he was very <laughs> he was very much hoping to get uh, to play a part uh, in the WWE world when Matt went back to WWE, and, and of course the, he he did not. So I know Matt's always trying to find a way to give him like a little nod, a little shout out. So get so calling Shelton Benjamin, uh, Senior Benjamin. Nice little uh, little inside joke there. Um, yeah, you know, the, the Bailey and Alexa, I, I liked it too. Um, you know, like Alexa asking for her coffee again. Okay, so I'm glad Bailey just quickly came out. We just kind of got to kind of got to some more of words and we got to some scuffle and uh, as Joey Styles would say, can't fight, can't fight, can't fight. The way they're, the way they're rolling around there. Yeah, uh, yeah you know, uh, Bailey, you know, I'm so far I'm liking this round of Bailey as champion better than anything Bailey's done on Raw or SmackDown since. Uh, and can I be a man and just be shallow for a minute and say Bailey looked really good in her ripped jeans? <laughs> we we don't sexualize Bailey. It's not. Well, I'm just. I'm allowed to give a compliment. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't say like some hornball comment. Like, oh, no, I want. I just said. Just like, give you she, a hard time. Bailey, you know, Bailey, because Bailey, that that's not her character. She's not. You know, no. Bailey's not. Bailey's not. Um, sex appeal is not the emphasis with Bailey's character sure. as it would be with other girls. And I thought, you know, she had a different, she had a slightly different look. I don't normally see her, you know, we don't normally see her in jeans. She's normally in her ring gear. I just, I was like, man, Bailey doing the street gear. I gotta say, man to woman, she looks very attractive. 
It and is kind of interesting. I'm sorry. I've ranted on Billy enough. No, I mean, it's interesting commentary, especially with the women. I don't see notice this with the men. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see uh, they do this with the men. But with the women, they almost tell you, right? Like sort of their character, like with Char with uh, performers like Charlotte. Oh my God, what athleticism! It's like what they pick to praise, right? With Bailey, oh what heart! And then when Mandy Rose comes out, oh my God, it's God's gift. Look at her, she's gorgeous. It's interesting how they really project a singular characteristic as identity on each of the women. Right, and that's and that's so yeah. So everything you just said is what is what I'm trying to say. Like yeah. that's not part of Bailey's identity so the fact that she came out with a slightly different look um i just thought that it was like all right this is this is this is good i mean i mean let's let's be honest it's not to say female viewers don't watch the male wrestlers and they appreciate the male wrestlers for what they're doing for their craft they also go oh well that guy looks pretty good he's pretty built pretty jack just saying the same thing really looked good <laughs> I was just about just really about to take this podcast in a direction i'm glad i'm not gonna tie i'm not tying in blue chew or nutsack promotions i'm just saying I understand. Good. No, no, she looked good tonight. I agree. Um, and something a little different. I like that there was some heat with her and Alexa. I like that they're trying to actually explain why these two are wrestling each other. Um, very 11th hour to be doing this and, you know, and the go home show to be saying, oh, hey, we've got this beef since NXT. Um, you know, this, this problem that we've had with one another, but it is what it is. So Nikki Cross got involved in this, started uh, attacking Bailey. I'm thinking maybe she's going to cost Bailey the title on Sunday. And Alexa will pull out a win, but who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, this was a little different. So Zelina Vega was backstage getting ready, and Apollo Crews was chatting her up, uh, looking for Andrade. Uh, Vega accused him of flirting. And then out of nowhere, Andrade attacked Crews and destroyed him in a fit of rage. Chad Gable was off to the side. Um, yeah, it is what it is, man. I mean, with Andrade, I feel like they should be doing so much more with him at this point. Well, I mean, look at the amount of other people that weren't on Smack, Rusev, Nakamura. I mean, you know, the, the weird thing about that, though, that segment is that they, um, they've even said in interviews, like, and then it's never been a thing. It's never been like, uh, it's Zelina Vega's never been like, uh, she's never been represented as like romantically as like the girlfriend and things. She's always been like the business partner, the business yeah. manager of of Andrade. So to me, that kind of was like a little odd that they would go the route of like another wrestler being uh, accused of flirting with her and then Andrade attacking her. Like that, that to me, that would to me is something like a Russo Lana thing where they're legitimately a married couple. So that was the only that was one for a segment that was pretty pointless and random. That just threw me off because I know that they try to like present them as a business partnership and. Yeah. No, it was different. We'll see if they keep up this angle with uh, them going forward. We got a match tonight. The B team back in action. Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas going up against heavy machinery. Now, the other night, I went to All Pro Wrestling in Daly City. Dave Dutra wrestled there. AJ Kirsch was the ring announcer. And Justin, uh, first time in all my wrestling fandom, I actually bought a replica title. I want to show it to the audience. Bought the uh, Yellow Cow Ch uh, County Championship that uh, AJ and Dave Dutra were selling replicas of. Of course, they lost these to Heavy Machinery last week on SmackDown Live. And they even did a photo shoot with the titles, but we didn't see them tonight carried out to the ring. Missed opportunity to keep that joke going. How much of your Blue Chew budget did you blow on that title? Uh, it was 15 bucks. Yeah. Worth every penny. 
You say so. Light and material, but the prestige and the legacy are a heavyweight to bear. Did you just come up with that? Uh, I wrote that on Twitter to somebody when they. I'm about to say that. That was, that was, that was pretty quick to the quick to the gun <laughs> there, Mr. Rubenstein. <laughs> Uh, no, you know, first replica I've ever been motivated to actually buy. I think it's a great joke. I wish they would have brought those guys back to get squashed by heavy machinery tonight in a rematch. I, I have think. a couple replicas. I have, but I can honestly say I've never paid for one. I have this one, which was actually acquired again uh, by uh, as a gift. I have the World Heavyweight Championship one that was actually behind some chairs over here, and I have one that was again gifted to me in my other room over here that's signed by Kurt Angle, and it's the nice. it's the world title. It's the first world title that they went to after Steve Austin won the wing belt at Mania 14. The next night he had the new title, and he got rid of that one because he actually cut his chin when he went to go oh, wow. to Stunner with it. But later, when Kurt Angle went, so they went to the Smoking Skull belt. After the Smoking Skull belt, later Kurt Angle had this said belt. I actually have Kurt's signature, so I keep it in a a case in the other room, but uh, so I've never bought a replica. Like <laughs> I can't say that like I've ever like I've actually ever used any hard-earned money. You just did for fifteen bucks, but I do I do appreciate having them on display. You know, when I go to an independent show, uh, I mean, really, when I go to any show, but when I go to an independent show, it's important to me to support the talent. I own a lot of T-shirts. Uh, I'm not going to pay for an autographed eight by ten. So I thought this was a very unique thing, and I love deep, deep cut continuity in jokes. I've still got my uh, Mitch the Plant replica here that came in a WWE slam crate one month. I've got the festival of friendship playset that I bought. I like stuff that uh, delves into the continuity of the WWE universe. You have a Mitch, the potted plant. It was in a WWE slam crate one month. I hope John Moxley calls you out on one of his interviews and says, you're all that's wrong with the WWE universe. <laughs> he got that over, man. Like even, did you, even his interview with Jericho, Jericho defended that. When uh, Moxley was like crapping all over creative, he's like, yeah, but they had some good stuff, like the whole Mitch the Plant thing we did. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't all bad, Dean. It wasn't all bad. Most of it was bad, but not all. I remember when, I think I remember this, I think he was feeding with Rollins at the time when like the whole ice bucket challenge was a big thing. Oh, I remember yeah. him like, I remember him having like a jug of water. I, I don't know. It was just, look back, just such campy stuff. For... Yeah. The the foam cowboy hat, I think, was uh, a low point of Dean's uh, face run. But I thought there was some good stuff. I thought there was some good stuff that he did. Uh, anyhow, we digress. The B-team versus heavy machinery. A uh, little bit of a competitive match. But what really took center stage here was Daniel Bryan and Rowan were out on commentary. And Daniel Bryan just putting over heavy machinery again and again and again. Putting them over so hard that it like strained credibility and believability in my mind, but he really, really sold them as formidable opponents ahead of their SmackDown Live tag team title match on Sunday. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, like, there, you, you can be a heel and, like, have heel heat, but, like, the, you never want to bury your potential people you're working with and opponents. So, like, I don't know. I thought it was kind of, I don't know. It was fine. I mean, um, I... Maybe I haven't been paying attention. Has heavy, machine, <laughs> has heavy machinery been doing the bushwhacker thing a lot recently? Like they did that the whole way to the ring. They like to have fun. Uh, yeah, I think they've done that a couple times. Okay. Definitely been doing the worm. I mean, I don't take these guys seriously, but some people really like them. There were I like probably... them. What I I like them. I, I mean, I Otis has that that o, Otis who's actually he's really he's really from Wisconsin, which is where. Mm. Chris Farley was from, and he ha Otis has that kind of Chris Farley 
kind of fat guy energy <laughs> for fat lack of energy. for lack of a better uh, uh deep description yeah uh, you don't like hear them. women bragging about that my wife's not bragging about my fat guy energy you know <laughs> not like ariana grande and what she brags about with her boyfriends um yeah hey, some girls prefer the dad bods over the six-pack abs these days nothing wrong with it yeah <laughs> oh if only we were single justin if only magic not, we can make happen if only nut sacks and blue chews could talk Absolutely. Um, no, I think uh, it's polarizing, though. Some people really like heavy machinery. Some people don't like them. Not that many people are in between on them. And I think uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they pick up the SmackDown tag team titles on Sunday. Although, uh, I don't know. I think Daniel Bryan is one of the biggest stars in the company right now. Certainly one of the biggest stars on SmackDown. And I think that this keeps him in a very, very good role if he's out of the main title picture. Yeah, I feel like Daniel Bryan's like this... Um... Uh, advocate not to not to steal from Paul Heyman, but he's like this advocate for many people in the roster who he feels just aren't being like used enough, or or who could be used more, and who could be which is know, cool by, by by one by them pinning Daniel Bryan one time, it like you know can do a whole lot for their career immediately if capitalized on. So yeah, it is kind of cool. So I feel like I feel like Daniel Bryan's kind of like in like look, Bryan's a made man who yeah. I, I don't know when his contract's up. Who knows if he stays with them or if he goes to AEW or, or retires or what he does. But like, I feel like, you know, Brian's kind of one of those guys, like he's like, whatever he, he can play by his own rules. Like what are, what's WWE going to do to him. Right. Yeah. Um, so I feel like he's kind of like in this, like, let me save, let me, let me, let me help make and or save as many people as I can right now while I'm here. But you think heavy machinery would be the, his first choice of all the people he'd want to save on the well, roster? Not his first choice. I know, I know he's a big fan of grand metal league. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. I know he's, I know he's a friend of Andrade. I mean, I'm not you know so heavy machinery is not as, not as heavy machinery is not his first choice, but like he's in a tag team situation, so you know again, it, it, you know, he could probably set up one or two spots uh, in in the match against heavy machinery, and that could help again if followed through could help you know elevate them. You know what you should do if they're dropping the titles. I would love to see him back in the Intercontinental title picture in a good feud with Finn and help rebuild Finn a little bit. I would I would like to see him take the. You know, on that point, maybe if he's going to go back to a single star, take the IC or US and do essentially what John Cena did. Yeah, just, just, just. I mean, I mean, much of what John Cena does touches to touches and turns to gold. Um, you know, he really made that US title huge for that run of the Open Challenge. If Dana O'Brien tried to put the same, if if Dana O'Brien and WWE's creative tried to put the same dedication towards that, I think there'd be something there with that. Did you see that tweet tonight where Meltzer's mind was blown? Someone tweeted at Meltzer. Um, Oh, I wish I could remember the tw uh, Twitter name, but he said, do you think that what hurt WWE is that John Cena got over and got over huge with all Vince's crap that it made Vince actually believe that he was doing something right creatively. And that's where they're in this position now that he just doesn't understand why other talent can't make that stuff work. And Meltzer thought there was some validity to that. Meltzer said that's a refreshing take. Uh, I mean, I'll say I've never heard anybody say that. I, I haven't heard that before, so I will give it. I'll give it fresh. Um, I think that's probably one of like what could be a conversation we could have until the sun comes up, and and including your son, and you're three hours behind me. I think that's one of many things. I think it's. I think it's just, that's just one of so many factors. I, I think. It, I think you have to think about Vince McMahon has had. Think about what he's accomplished in the last thirty plus years. It, he's beat the government. 
he's beat a billionaire. I mean, like, like he's he's just done so much that it, and and he has an ego anyways. That it, it gets to a point where you're like, just you feel untouchable, and you, and you say, you know what, I'm going to drown out the noise of of what panic and 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 we must do this, we must do that, and the social media thing is saying this. I think he's just he's been in it for so long. He's just so stuck in his ways. How can he not be if you're in your 70s and you've accomplished what he accomplished? I mean, here's a guy who damn near went bankrupt twice gambling on Mania 1 and Mania 3. So he's just took so many gambles on himself. He's won. So how could you not train yourself to, to just gamble on yourself and what your gut says? Unfortunately, your gut can get out of touch it's eventually. I, I think that's the most boiled down thing I could give it you know, give an explanation to from being a fan. Obviously, I'd never worked for him. I yeah. think it's just he's gambled himself so much. He's won so much. Even now, we think that he's losing because look at the quality, but he's getting, you know, last year they made more revenue than they ever had. Yeah. You could argue the manner in which they got it in Saudi Arabia and et cetera, et cetera, but he still walked away with more revenue than they ever have. So it's like, how do you convince a guy like that that he's doing something so wrong that he needs to basically put his hands up and let somebody else steer the ship. That's just not going to happen. Well, so Heavy Machinery won that match. Sorry, that, that, we, we really detoured yeah. there. No, it's good. It's good. Right, uh, sorry. Uh, Heavy Machinery won that match, and then after, Seth Rollins showed up with the chair and started beating up Axel and Dallas, saying, don't you dare think about uh, guest refereeing that spot. Uh, I mean, he didn't say that, but that was the message he was sending. I like it. I like I like this kind of like badass renegade Seth Rollins. I, 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 think, I know I know yeah. we compared I know we compared Becky to Stone Cold, and there's always Stone Cold, but it has just that that feel of like just the renegade who's who he's the good guy, but he's playing by the bad guy rules. I think Corbin should do a uh, straight laced babyface turn as the bad guy if Seth's going to be sort of an antihero. You know, mm, I don't know about that. Seth uh, Corbin saying, you know, say your prayers, take your vitamins. Corporate Corbin, man. Corporate Corbin. There you go. Yeah, something. Um, so we saw Shane McMahon outside talking to Sammy Zayn and Kevin Owens. We're buddy buddy now, as opposed to two years ago when they hated each other. That whole storyline. Uh, Shane proposed a two out of three falls match with Rollins and Kofi versus Owens and Sammy tonight. They love the two out of three falls this week. We had that last night. We had that tonight. Uh, before that, another pre-recorded backstage vignette from Alistair Black saying, please, come and knock on my door. We've been waiting for you. Um, what, what's, what's up with Alistair? This just feels like a ticket to nowhere. I feel like the Emelina promos did more to get me hyped than Alistair's promos as of late. Uh, I, I disagree with that. I, I, I like, I think... <laughs> Well, I mean, I like the Alistair Black promos. I like what he's saying. Um, it, we really can't judge it until we see who answers his door. Um, I, you know, I would like to see, like, like, like I think it was last week's promo. Somebody actually open. He had somebody open the door, and he turned sideways to the camera and like screamed at the door. I would like at one of these weeks him to be in the middle of his rant and request, and then all of a sudden you see the light from the side and the door open, and him just look. And go, oh, you want to go? And then we fade to black, and we have to wait till next week to find out who was it that opened the door and, and dared interrupt his 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 rant and request. I think there's potential there, I, Alistair. I mean, I like the, you know, Alistair Black reminds me a little bit of early on Bray Wyatt, where it was like, all right, we're not hearing anybody quite like this. So this stands out. Now, of course, that Bray Wyatt 
the riddle and rhyme grew old and tiresome because it really never went anywhere. That's before this new reincarnated Bray Wyatt, which is another topic, which we'll get to in a second, I guess. Um, but I, I'm okay with his Aleister Black stuff. I, I won't, I won't knock it until we find out if he all of a sudden has a f- match with random person that doesn't matter and goes nowhere. Like, but who's who's it going to be that would satisfy you? I mean, Daniel Bryan. It, well, actually, let me say this: it's not, it's not so much random person that goes nowhere. It, it's just the it's just the context. I, I I would I would accept almost anybody on their roster if the context and then the exchange delivers. You, mm. you could literally do do the random generator. I would accept almost anybody on the roster. Because anybody who answers, it's probably going to be pretty fresh. You know, all we've seen mm. about Alistair Black on Raw SmackDown is stuff with Ricochet, Team Union with Ricochet, which I hated. So, like, most single star, most single competitors is going to be a fresh matchup. So you already have a, a point there. It's like, okay, it's point number one, something fresh. If the context in the in the exchange is is exciting enough, I I think it's fine. You know what I mean? Like you like, I, I'm being really. You can almost have Titus O'Neil <laughs> open the door, but if they actually gave me a satisfying exchange of Titus O'Neil saying, "Dude, I've been here for X amount of years, and and you're just screaming about opening the door, you have no idea what it's like to try to actually have to claw through the t-. like." I don't know, and I'm, and I'm being really, I'm just going off the cuff here. But if, if there was just an exchange that was just had some context, I would, I'd be okay to try it. Yes, I doubt we get that, but it's possible. Well, you just made the last two minutes of my talking pointless. Thank you very much. No, I just think it's it's going to be that same. Know, like it's going to be like Mojo in the mirror with the blue marker on his face. You know, it's it's not not going to be a payoff. Maybe maybe Mojo answers Alistair's door. I haven't been able to bring myself to watch main event where he's wrestled using that gimmick. Like I want to keep I want to keep my positives. I don't get hyped. I stay hype. Mojo. I want to keep that positive mental image. I once walked a runway with Mojo Raleigh at a fashion show. That was fun, fun, fun fact. He did not have the he did not have the blue marker. He was very much oh, the well. stay hype guy. Yes, I thought you know that was an okay gimmick, but the problem is so many people have had that bro gimmick, and now uh, Riddle's got it, and it's just kind of uninspired. It, it was it was kind of like bro gimmick with like a hint of cocaine. <laughs> I think that's just natural Mojo, man. You know, Pedialyte and uh, testosterone. <sighs> Shane McMahon came out to the ring tonight, interrupted by the Miz. Miz cut, I think, the best babyface promo he's ever cut. And why? Because he spoke the truth, uh, crapping on SmackDown, crapping on the WWE. All the repetitive stuff that we've seen. Shane inserting himself into both shows. Um, and saying that it all started, it's it's the Miz to blame because he's the one that made Shane form that tag team. And uh, now we have this monster that's dominating and ruining WWE TV. What did you think it, of this promo? Isn't it interesting? Well, I mean, it was okay. I mean, he, yeah, he was saying like some of the things that we're feeling. Um, isn't it interesting that like a decade ago, the uh, first version of Drew McIntyre in WWE, he was the chosen one by Vince McMahon. And now he's like, the big muscle of Shane McMahon. I thought that was kind of fun, a little you know, world go around kind of thing. Yeah. No, hey, full circle, right? Beating up his uh, former 3MB stablemate last night with which Heath. I love. I love that. I mean, how how much more heel POS can you get? Guys, yeah. fall, guys, guy saying he needs a job. He's falling on hard times. Drop some money on the ground. Make him, make him, make him get down. Make him get down like a <laughs> peasant and pick it up. 
like a homeless person. And then, and then when he puts his wife on hold, yeah, I hit him in the face. Justin, you should start a Patreon. And every week you should just reenact Raw and SmackDown as Vince pitching the show. I would I would pay a decent sum of money for monthly access to that. Well, you tell if you if you're monitoring the, the live chat to this, tell me. I asked the I, I, I need you to relay because I'm not. Yeah. Uh, will, will people give me a dollar? Will, will you will you make it rain for a dollar? You probably would give more to your local stripper. Would you pay a dollar for me to you know to do some Vince uh, to to do you know? We'll have Glenn, we'll have Matt Morgan, and then we'll have me and Vince's voice. Yeah. If if I can get, if I can get a dollar from some of the people watching, I'd be happy to do it. You know, and I'll play the voice of reason writers that ask the questions. Like, Vince, don't you think that's a little much? Don't you think that's insensitive, Vince? Shut up! <laughs> exactly. I think I think we're on gold here with this. Uh, everyone in the chat is receptive to this, saying do it. I think uh, this would be uh, someone saying $2. They would pay for that. I think uh, the, the Vince McMahon experience for, <laughs> for Raw and SmackDown would, I think it would save the show, quite frankly. You know, I think uh, better than what we see on TV. Glenn, it's you can only host... If you can do a southern accent, pal. <laughs> well, golly. No. Uh, have you played SmackDog Showdown yet? That reminds me of that. Have you have you played that card game yet? Have I played what? SmackDog Showdown. So it's like Cards Against Humanity, similar style. Which I, which I love. So it's, I mean, not it's not an apples to apples comparison, but the idea is you draw cards and you cut wrestling promos and there's like swerves and there's things you have to change up. Uh, it's actually pretty cool. I like it a lot. They were exhibiting at Starcast. Yeah, I backed their Kickstarter. They're coming out with a new edition soon of that. Highly recommend that if you want to play a party game with other wrestling fans. But uh, very similar to some of the stuff we've done on this podcast with improv, you know, and uh, sort of mocking or, or adding our own comedic flourishes to these promos. Yeah, Smack Talk Showdown has a lot, lot of uh, good prompts and starters for a game of that. So tonight, Shane set up this tag match that was the Miz with the partner of his choosing versus Drew McIntyre and Elias. Our truth was there in the audience, and uh, the Miz got the awesome truth back together for this match. Of course, early on in it, uh, Truth 24 7 action came into play and uh, caused Truth to get eliminated. Really, they kicked the crap out of the Miz, this was really to make Drew McIntyre especially look strong ahead of his match against Roman on Sunday at Stomping Grounds. But this was something else. I mean, considering that the Miz was, yeah, pretty uh, pretty over with a lot of his points here. Kind of kind of that's to telegraphing it, right? The Miz comes out, makes some very valid criticisms of Raw and SmackDown, and then gets destroyed. Very meta, huh? Yes, very, um. very meta. <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, this is, it's weird. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm continually amazed by how accepted the Miz is as a baby face, which is just so bizarre because he's such a natural heel. Oh yeah. I've said it so many times on, on this show and I'm on the Winkley as I am tomorrow and Thursday with Nick. Like, you know, I've interviewed the Miz more times than any other WWE talent ever. I mean, I've interviewed him close to like a dozen times uh, because he's just so media friendly and he, and he's just so good. He's just naturally this kind of like, he's just naturally the Mike, Mike, Mike Mazanin is just that. Um, so him as this baby face is just kind of bizarre to me, but it seems to connect like it, like who would have thought we'd be in a world where Mike, where, where, where the Miz is the baby face and Dana Bryan's a heel. Um, 
but yeah, you know, they totally kind of shot him down. It was kind of cool seeing him and Truth together. Um, yeah. I was there at Madison Square Garden for them versus Rock and Cena, so that's kind of funny to me to see oh, that. Wow. You know, all these years later, and I think I think even Corey Graves had a great line on commentary, like it was at Saxton's trying to like talk about you know all these guys reliving their magic they had you know uh, you know as the awesome truth and Corey Graves is like our truth can't remember what he did five minutes ago you think he remembers a tag <laughs> team from seven years ago um so this was fun for what it was I mean yeah I mean Drew Drew was just primed and ready to be elevated into a top spot um I, I gotta think that maybe that's in the plan somewhere here so we saw tonight backstage the Iconics talking to Asuka and Kerry saying now, so we last night on this very podcast, Matt Morgan was saying, what about Asuka and Kerry saying, what is up with them? Why aren't they getting a shot at the tag team titles? They were backstage with Paige and Paige essentially uh, told the Iconics, hey, we got a match in Tokyo, Asuka and Kari versus the Iconics. And if they win that match, they earn a title shot. So uh, hopefully we get to see uh, that match. I'm sure. I believe I believe you meant to say the Kabuki Warriors. I refuse to refer to them as that. Damn it! There, <laughs> there, they're not Asuka and Kyrie. There, they're the Kabuki Warriors. <laughs> and you know that was the least offensive suggestion. I don't even want to touch or go into all of Vince's other ideas for this tag team. That could, be a, uh, that, that could be a fun contest. Yeah. What were the what were the other names that were? Yeah, were in the, in the that hat? should be for your VIP level, like your top tier of Patreon donors, Justin. Like then you give them Vince pitching, you know, all the horribly offensive names for Kari and Asuka. If Raj Geary gives it in writing that I can have this money to myself and he takes no cut, that's that's <laughs> that, that, that's over ten percent. I I might I might be willing to do such. Yeah, yeah, and you have to have a disclaimer. This is not Justin Labar speaking. This is the character of Mr. McMahon. Exactly. Uh, Justin, Justin Labar does not see color. He does not see red or blue. Exactly, exactly. Um, so yeah, hopefully we get to see some of the match from the two nights in Tokyo they're doing. Uh, but I'm assuming, I'm assu- I mean doesn't take a genius to assume that uh, Asuka and Kari are going over in Tokyo on the Iconics. So uh, they're going to get that title shot. I hope it happens at Extreme Rules and not the week of 4th of July on SmackDown so people actually see it. Um, But yeah, I think uh, it's about time this is actually happening. We also got backstage Ember, Mandy, Sonya. They're still doing that whole thing. Um, Is this leading to something? Maybe. Who knows? Ember uh, deserves so much better than this. And uh she's got so, a great she has a great look and a great entrance. I'm a big fan of Sony Deville, but I yeah, don't like Sony I don't, as well. I don't, I don't like any of this. Yeah, I like I mean I, I like all the parts. I just don't like how it's being put together and used in this uh storyline. Um we did get our truth backstage. Drake Maverick finally got the better of him and uh, Drake's the new 24-7 champ. We'll see what happens there. There was a ride along with R-Truth and Carmelo last night. Did they do any 24-7 stuff during that or was it filmed before? I didn't watch. I'm assumed that it was filmed before because I I think we would have probably heard something if they did the 24-7. Probably. Uh, We got a replay of the Firefly Funhouse segment. Uh, You know what? I don't need Bray to ever come back and wrestle. Just keep doing this every week. (laughs) I know what you mean by that. You know, I, I th- these are entertaining as hell. You know, I, I they were filmed here in Pittsburgh. I did an interview with the director <clears throat> several weeks ago. This is fascinating stuff. I, I know what you mean. I know there's that fear of like, God, they're just going to ruin this in a matter of minutes if they just 
you know, card out the cheesiest stuff. Um, I do think we're going to see him either Sunday or Monday. That definitely felt like that was the finale of the vignettes. Um, I could see him popping up at stomping grounds or I could see something at stomping grounds that kind of like confirms to us, he's going to show up on raw and that, and then, and then there's a great bit of buzz to go into raw, maybe spike the viewership. Um, I don't know. I'm ex- I, I, I kind of think they need to do half and half. I think maybe the Firefly Funhouse segment doesn't keep going the way it does, you know, the way it's done the last eight weeks. But, um, but maybe to your point, we don't need to see him every week. Maybe we see him once before a pay per view match live, and everything else is in a, and it is in a very heavily creepy produced video. I think there would be a lot going for that in, in the protection of him because if we start seeing him every week uh, live in front of the crowd, it's not going to have the same effect that these packaged uh, pieces do. So I'm with you. I think that you know. I think they need to. I think they should try something different with him. I think I said this last night. They should treat him how they did Hogan in the '80s. He should only do the the pay per views. He should oh, be wow. a presence on TV, but he shouldn't wrestle on TV. I could go with that. It's almost, almost kind of yeah, like Hogan or they, you know, like what Brock does. You, you know, yeah. you, don't, you know, you don't see him. You don't. You do not see him take the fiend mask off and 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 get physical um, unless it is a special attraction. Well, I mean, I pitched last night. I think he should do the switcheroo. I think he should actually come out surrounded by kids and have it be all happy go lucky, and then lights out, dons the fiend mask. Maybe the kids don the masks. Do something really elaborate for this. Uh, we were saying this last night. Raja suggested, you know what? Have Bray wrestle Taker now and put Bray over with this new character. I think this would really be passing the torch in a meaningful way. They finally got it with Bray. I just am so afraid they're going to lose it and screw it up the second they book him in a nothing match on Raw or SmackDown. That would be a cool entrance. Yeah, you have like 25 kids come out looking like nice and wholesome and then all of a sudden yeah. to the to the fireflies to the firefly funhouse happy go music and then all of a sudden some some something comes over and it's black and then we come back up and now they're all wearing some kind of fiend mask and then he comes out yeah that could be fun yeah bray bray white versus undertaker in saudi arabia how do you think the saudis would react to the fiend oh jesus well Probably that wouldn't be the the first uh, deity they would think to name. But no, I think, um, yeah, I don't think that would go over that well there. But who knows? What, what do you think they'd rather, The Fiend or a women's wrestling match? <sighs> tough call, tough call. <laughs> I mean, the demon happened. Granted, yeah. as I tweeted, they probably thought they were getting the WCW kiss demon. That's why they were cool with it. But, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. And, that was, and that was only because Vince McMahon did not know who the hell Gene Simmons a kiss was because... Uh, as Vince Russo, and I wrote, I, I have to admit, I rode in a car with Vince Russo for many hours one time. Vince Russo, <laughs> Vince Russo admitted to me on, on a weekend we were together, that, and he's a huge Kiss fan. Gene Simmons, he, he was Gene Simmons and Kiss were trying to promote what they had going on. And they wanted to do something with WWE. Russo wanted to happen. Vince Vince McMahon kept ignoring Gene Simmons' calls and didn't want to talk to him. Didn't know who the hell he was. And then eventually, they went to WCW, and thus the Demon. I think Gene Simmons and Vince McMahon would get along fabulously. I mean, throw Donald Trump in the mix. You've got like the three biggest blowhards just all hanging out. What a table for three on the network that would be. Gene, <laughs> Gene Simmons, Vince McMahon, and Donald and Trump. Donald Trump, right? Uh, no, I think it would work. Book it. Uh, Vince, Vince, your appetizer's small. Mine is huge. Mine is huge. <laughs> Gene, your tongue, kind of long. But that's okay. We can build a wall around it. Be okay. 
<laughs> She's the man of a thousand voices, Justin. I'm a regular Dana Carvey. Yeah, absolutely, man. Really. Uh, the main event tonight was two out of three falls match. Kofi Kingston and Seth Rollins versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Uh, Kofi got trouble in paradise on Sami early. Got that first fall. And uh, yeah, pretty good match here. I thought it was interesting they had Paul Heyman backstage watching this. Yeah, keeping the Brock Lesnar tease alive. I'll say this. I um, crapped on t I crap on two out of three falls matches. I, this match ranks low right around lumberjack matches. Ooh. Um, I crapped on it, but I'll say this. This one actually, I crapped on it, crapped on it, and then I gave it its props at the end. I actually, because you normally look, two out of three falls matches, all they mean is it's them coming out saying, this match is going to be longer than 10 minutes, and you're going to see three pinfalls. <laughs> okay? At least here, there was the quick out of the box, baby faces get the victory. So now you're like, or, or pin. So now you're waiting for the heels to come back and like dastardly get their pinfall to even it up. And it didn't happen. The heels tried and tried and tried, and then boom, the baby faces got the second one a 2 0 sweep. So you have your two world champions and Seth and Kofi looking strong, 2 0 sweep, kind of unpredictable. So I actually. I don't like the match gimmick. I don't want to see more of them, but I think that that was actually done well. So, I mean, they were standing tall at the end of this, both champs. They both got title defenses happening uh, on Sunday at stomping grounds. Do you think they both retain? Pro uh, probably. I don't, I don't, I don't see Brock cashing in here. I don't see either Kofi or Seth losing to their scheduled opponents. Again, like I said, I could see Bray maybe popping up. So, but I, but that's the thing we can't tell. Is I mean, is Bray Wyatt going to be a heel? Or is it going to be a face? <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean. So it's it's hard to say. They're both babyface champions, so it's hard to say if he pops up in in, in their in the title picture or not. Um, oh, true. If I'm if I'm gambling, I'd say both both Seth and Kofi leave as champions. I don't think there's any reason to shake things up on this pay per view. I think maybe Heavy Machinery has the best chance. Picking up a title. Yeah. But who knows? I, would, I would agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens, man. This interesting SmackDown. Uh, I think really curious to see how they're going to go forward past this show. If we're going to get a little more of a defined brand split back past this pay-per-view, probably not, but you never know. Uh, but man, it just seems so repetitive lately. Well, it's again, it's been very formulaic and, Stuck in the ways. I don't see anything changing for next. It's gonna. It's gonna take Fox. Uh, well, and that's a loaded thing too. I mean, I don't know. But this, this, this we're halfway through this year. The, the back half of this calendar year is going to be fascinating from a wrestling standpoint. Oh no, it's gonna be huge. I mean, especially with it's gonna uh, be huge, Glenn. Huge. Yes. No. I mean, and this, I mean, this is going to be the the biggest seismic shift when AEW launches on television and we're already we're already feeling it we're already feeling the, the waves of this but i think it's really gonna come to a head uh this fall blue chew we, on a pole match hey man you know it could work bring, your, nut, bring your nut sack to put your blue chew in i gotta sponsor i gotta find a guy that's wrestling joey ryan and get blue chew to sponsor him to go toe to toe with Joey Ryan, I think that's the indie match that oh, we just, needs to get behind. We just had Joey Ryan here for our super indie tournament at IWC. You should have, should have, you should have told me the idea first off. We could have made it happen here. Yeah, but the Blue Chew guy would have to go over. That'd be a step of Blue Chew sponsorship. You know, I don't know if Joey wants to take that out. So you're 
So you're saying somebody, what, somebody takes Blue Chew and all of a sudden their flip is better than his? Absolutely. Writes itself. All right. Patron, or, uh, uh, future <laughs> future um, uh, money dedicators to me. Who's gonna put, future, people, who, people who are going to put in the offering plate on the bar, if I can get enough support, I will do Vince McMahon pitching Joey Ryan his <laughs> first storyline and match in WWE. I, I, think it. It's, I think it should work. I mean, we're brainstorming on the air here, but I think we should do a, po- a podcast that's literally we would record like way more than we'd ever use. Right. Cause it's not all going to be gold, but the idea that it would be, you know, a quote unquote, look inside WWE creative each week, uh, you know, and we'll have characters. We'll get Nick Hausman involved. We'll play like writers. It'll be like Vince's office inside Vince's office. And we'll release like, you know, 10, 10 minute episodes. And we have to, points. we have to let Matt Morgan sit in on the, on the meetings. And he's the only straight guy in the whole meeting. <laughs> yeah. No, I think it'd work. He's, he's the only voice of reason. Yeah, I think it would work. Uh, you know, and everyone else is just terrified of Vince. Or, Matt's, uh, Matt's, Matt's like, Vince, that's a horrible idea. Shut up, you big, tall bastard. You know, Go back a, to town hall. A writer gets fired every week. It'd be great. It'd be a great podcast. Um, so before we close this episode, Impact Wrestling has released Scarlett Bordeaux. She's talking about taking uh, some indie bookings and whatnot. Do you know any of the details behind that story? I don't. Um, camping of service. Um, yeah, she's gone. I, 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 from what I've seen of her, you know, she's, she's a talent. I mean, she's got, she, she obviously gorgeous looking. She, she grabs, um, you know, she grabs a, a fan base. So I don't know what's next for her. I don't know her. I have no idea. So this, this story is very intriguing to me because I, I'm completely, completely, uh, uninformed. I'm, I'm just waiting to see what, 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 what comes of it. I don't know if, I don't know if she's talking to anybody. I don't know what's in her future. So this would be interesting. Uh, the most recent I saw of her was the damn, video of the fan grabbing her yeah I, I i'm amazed anyone would want to be signed to impact right now or ring of honor i think if you're not with AEW or wwe and yeah when the lucrative contract um i mean the indies you know are gonna have a lot more openings because AEW talent's gonna stop doing independent dates as we head into the fall i think that being tied down right now unless it's uh worth your while paying your bills and helping you save for retirement it's like why shackle yourself needlessly yeah, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. Um, and, you know, then there's the whole other point of, you know, I don't know if this is across the board, but Jericho said that he's an employee, not an independent contractor with AEW, and that's a whole, that's, that's, that's huge. Absolutely. It's a good year, man. I mean, but once again, everything going on outside of the ring, outside of TV, I mean, that's what we're talking about. Wouldn't mind it flipping back to creative being the most interesting thing. Hmm. But we'll see. Justin, uh, where, uh, where, where, where's Matt Morgan? Where's Matt? Uh, he texted me and said he opened up Donald Trump's rally in Florida tonight, and I thought he was ribbing me. So I was like, dude, Pixar didn't happen. And he uh, was pretty elaborate about this. Somebody maybe can confirm if he did that. But I know Trump did have a rally in Florida. It was in Orlando. It was, it was kicking off his 2020 campaign. I. How, but, far is, how far is Longwood from Orlando? Not that far. I think it's in rel- relatively the wow. same so He's area. probably telling the truth. I, he very well could be. It's, I'm just skeptical. Matt occasionally gets one over, gets one past me. Uh, but, yeah, look, regardless of your political affiliation, to open a rally for the President of the United States, like, hell, man. Like, that's something worth bragging about, worth missing a podcast for. You're telling me he picked presidential rallies over this podcast that's where we rank hey man when the president calls i suppose 
All right, uh, you know, follow me at Justin Labar. Uh, uh, I'll be on the Winkley uh, Wednesday and Thursday with Nick Hausman. And also, I don't know if you're one of these people that are into the uh, – it's, it's like all the fad now, the CBD oils. <laughs> I, I got a company. I, I, I have a company that's out that they've given me the Labar a code. And they've sent me some samples. Um, it, it, no high. This is all about health. And so if you're interested, make sure you're following me on Twitter, at Justin Labar. Um, I'm going to I'm going to release later this week uh, my code. You can get a free sample by using my code. Free sample, one per household, and then after that you can you have to order. Uh, but there is like a, a like a loyalty program. The more more you order, the more points and discount you get. So if that's if that's your bag, baby, make sure you follow me at Justin Labar later this week. Hit me up. I'll talk to you about it. It's good that uh, even though it doesn't get you high, they're still following the model that the first taste is free, but after that it'll cost you. Tried and true. <laughs> <laughs> I, had a, I had a comment that I, I redacted back there. I understand. Uh, thank you so much, Justin. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein, where I live tweet along with WWE programming. Be live tweeting stomping grounds this Sunday. And until next time, folks, we'll catch you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. <laughs>